getting in together. Level four living, it's going to be incredible. Uh, but before, while you're turning there, let me say a couple things. Uh, first of all, if you're a man here tonight, or tonight, uh, if you're a man here and it's still tonight, you should have gone home with your family. Um, no. Uh, if you're a guy here today, what we want to tell you is January 22nd, we kick off men's fraternity in the school chapel. Uh, I think it's going to be a blast. Come be with Mike and I. We're going to just take on part two of this. Even if you weren't in part one, it's going to be great. So uh, January the 22nd. Also, for married couples, uh, if you look in your bulletin, there's a sheet in there. January the 28th, 7 o'clock in the Plex, which is this building up here. Um, we want to get with married couples and do some things to make your marriage better. Uh, and Pam and I will be there. Mike and Janice will be there. And, and so uh, we'd love to have you come be a part of that. Uh, we do want you to sign up ahead of time just so we can be ready for you. Uh, but I think that'll be good. And then two, one other thing before I dump into today. I got to tell you, I've already been so blessed. But one blessing, there were so many. One blessing was watching our actual band worshiping. Did you see them worshiping back there? They're a phenomenal group of musicians anyway. But man, you guys bless me. You bless me. Well, level four living. Uh, what it's about is having an all-out, incredible, intimate experience with God. And I want to talk today, an intro for it, as we begin a, a multi-week series that's going to last, I think, about nine years. No, not really. Uh, uh, but but it's, it's going to be pretty long. But here's why. Uh, coming out of tapestry about how God works in your life, I want to talk now about the kind of life you're meant to live. I want to talk about the kind of person you're meant to be. I want to cause you to, to grab hold of the great, incredible, amazing life that God has for you. And, and I want to dig into how we practically live that on, on a daily basis. And so we want to talk about that. And so we're going to talk about the whole idea of moving from level one to level two to level three to level four and what that means very practically in our lives. But, but let me give you the, the, the culmination of it all. It's all about really, truly being sold out for God. No holding back. Loving him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And uh, there's an incredible number of songs that we could have used to kind of set us up for this. But I'm going to have you today uh, first listen and pray through one of my all-time favorite worship songs for right now. And then we're going to ask you to stand and sing it. But, but just think about some of the lines. You are the air I breathe. You are the love I need. You are my love, my life, always, forever. I don't know how you feel about God, but I'm going to guess that I'm in a room filled with people who you'd say, that's me. Man, God, you're like the air I breathe. I, could, I wouldn't want to live life without you. You're the love I need. You're everything to me. And so I think that I love this song. I love the way Natalia does this song. Matter of fact, when she does her CD, which we're going to be doing soon, I told her it has to be on it. Um, and so, wow, yeah. And, um, and, and so I asked her to sing this today. But what is a little different as I've asked her to sing it and have you read the words and pray it. Then midway through, she'll let you know when. I just want us to stand and sing this to God together because he is our love. He is our life, always.
I could tell it was killing some of you not to stand up sooner, wasn't it? Man, I asked her, I said, Natalia, you got to hit that note hard. And she did, didn't she? It was awesome. So, lots of people just don't get it. I want you to think about that. I, I mean, you've been around people like that. And you're looking at them and thinking, you just don't get it. Are there any wives in here that have ever looked at your husband and thought, he doesn't get it? Girlfriends, been girlfriend nine years. He, no, I'm kidding. Um, but, but, you know, here's the thing. I, 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 we, you know, when you get those moments in life and you're looking at thinking, when you think you just don't get it, your concern is, if you did get it, man, everything would be better. Uh, I'm not going to name the name, but Pam and I were just last night, we had TiVo, and I was watching an interview with a person who needs to get it. Uh, this is not a time to mess around, and I was watching, and my heart's grieving because they just don't get it. And I thought, oh, and um, there's not going to be a lot of time for this person left. And when you look at those moments, it makes you think, okay, it's, it's too important, especially when you realize God does care about you, God loves you, God has this life for you. And those aren't just words, it's true. And, and we need to get it. We don't want to be like Jake, a, a married guy who was wandering the mall at at, at, at right near Valentine's, and he ran into his friend Morris, and Morris said, hey, Jake, how you doing? And Jake said, oh, great. And he goes, what you doing here? And he said, well, I'm here to buy my wife a Valentine's present, and I got it. And he holds up this little box, and they were standing next to a jewelry store, and he said, yeah, every year she tells me I get her the wrong thing. She doesn't like what I got her, so I just told her, tell me what you want. She said, I want something with a lot of diamonds in it. And so Morris looked at Jake and said, so what'd you buy? He said, a deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm glad you like that. Um, you know what, though? When you come to something vitally important in life, you've you got to make sure you got what's going on. And, and, and that's what we're talking about in Level 4 Living. We're going to start today introing it. And then every week, I, I want to take us through levels and talk about how you live this out. But, but let me grab you uh, on something here. Proverbs 3.32, look what it says. It says, for the devious are an abomination to the Lord. But he is intimate with the upright. People who are deceitful, people who live a life outside of integrity, who, who aren't for real. It says that God looks at them and says, I can't have anything to do with you. I've got to stand apart from you. You're not going to experience me in your life. But he says, those who seek to live life correctly. The Lord says, I want to be intimate with you. The word intimate, you probably already grabbed, is a, a very embracing word. It's a very personal word. It's a very amazing relationship. But it comes from a Hebrew word that literally means confidential speech, intimacy. Are you ready for this? The sharing of a secret. God says, my dream is to live life with you, so close to you, so in embracing you, that I'm going to share secrets with you. Uh, in Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, it, God says, call to me, and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. You see, when we talk about level four living, we're talking about living a life uh, with God and for God that, that is so incredible that you and he are so close and you're experiencing his prodding and leading and guidance and, and you find that just lived out in amazing ways and you step back and go, Lord, whoa, this is beyond human ability and reason. And, and all of us who know him, we've experienced lots of times like that. Uh, I just recently was reminded of one of those times because I was on Facebook and uh, a friend of mine who honestly we're good friends but we lost track of each other uh, he's in Illinois and he Facebooked me and and his name's Derek Lauer and I love Derek and his wife Brenda and his kids and Derek said Chuck he goes you know what's wild he goes we were just talking about you and thinking about you because we're coming to a particular anniversary of meeting you and uh, then I saw you on Facebook and I thought well God wants us back in contact and uh, what happened was this is Derek and Brenda were a brand new married couple, and, and I asked them to be a part of a, a ministry thing I was doing, even though we didn't know each other well. We weren't all that close, but, but I knew them and respected them, and so they couldn't be up at this particular camp we were going to be at till the next day, so we'd have day one, and then they would come up, and uh, what happened is, is I didn't know this, but they were struggling because they couldn't have children. Uh, they desperately wanted to have a child. And uh, each time that they got that, that physical notice that happens to a woman to say it didn't occur this month, it would just be heartbreaking. And it seemed like it, every month was that way and it got worse and worse and the anxiety built and built. And those of you who have wanted children, you know what that's like. Well, what happened is they, they really thought that this might be the time and they were driving up the mountain and when the altitude changed, somehow that set her off and 
And she realized she wasn't pregnant. And, and so she just starts crying and he pulls over and he's trying to hug her. And, and he's saying, Brenda, God's got this. It'll be okay. And she goes, I know, I know. But it hurts so bad. And she's crying. And they come driving up into the camp. And as they're driving up, I'm walking down, not knowing they're coming up. But my mind is filled with the dream I had the night before. Uh, I dreamed that I saw Brenda holding twins. And I woke up, it was one of those dreams you just, you know, you, every detail. Matter of fact, even today, I can remember just the exact details of it. And, and I kept thinking, why did I dream about them? Because, I mean, I love them, but I don't know them that well. And so, I'm, and there they come right up in the car, and I thought, well, I'll tell her. And so I run up to the car door, and the door opens, and I said, and I, I saw the puffy eyes, but I just blurted it out. I said, Brenda, I said, hey, I, last night I dreamed about you, and I dreamed you had twins. And she starts to cry, and, and he runs around, and and she looks and said, you did? And I said, yeah. And she, I said, well, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the Lord. We'll test and see. And then they told me what was going on and we prayed. And uh, I said, let's just trust God with it. And of course she said, yeah. What I found out later is that gave her so much hope. Not, not me, it was God. Like God gave her a message when she needed it. Well, it was two or three months later, she finds out she's pregnant. It was in April of that year. She goes in for a sonogram and they said, you have twins. And twins don't run in their family. And uh, then she delivered these twin boys that are just awesome and incredible. And man, they were celebrating and we're rejoicing. And, and I really believe God spoke into that moment. But I got to tell you what I did. This is something I thought was cool. I waited about a month and a half and I called up Derek. I said, how you doing? He said, great. I go, how are the babies? He said, great. I said, I had another dream. <laughs> I dreamed you had twins again. And I hear him yell, no. And I go, what? And he goes, the doctor told us to wait, but we didn't, and she's pregnant. And, uh, and, and I said, oh my. I said, well, I didn't have the dream. But anyway, uh, but, but you know what? Here's my point. When we live life with God, we're living life with God. I mean, we're living a life where God moves and guides and prods and, and by the way, corrects and chastises. And, and, and that's what Level 4 Living is all about, this amazing, amazing life you live with God. So I want to ask you this question. Are you living that kind of life? Are you living a life where you lay down in bed at night and say, whoa, Lord, what did we experience today? What's coming tomorrow? And, and, and God, I am so excited for this. See, God's great desire is for you to have that experience. If you did your Bible reading today, and I know many of you will do it later, and, and I love that thousands of us are reading the scripture together, but we'll be in Luke 11 today. And there's a part in Luke 11, I think it's verse 27, where Jesus is standing there and a woman screams out. And she says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast you nursed at. And Jesus says these words, now get, don't, this is wild. On the contrary, blessed is he who hears the word of God and observes it. Now, now I want you to grab that. Now, now Jesus loved Mary. Uh, no one, nobody could have been more intimate with Jesus than Mary. She was the one who bore him. She was the one who nursed him. I mean, he loved her with everything he had. She was the most blessed of all women. And God says this, blessed are you. More intimately acquainted with me are you than Mary. More closer, you're closer to me than, than Mary was. More intimacy happens between us if you hear the word of God, no, don't miss the next part, and observe it. And observe it. And, and that's where I get a lot of people don't get it. Uh, we live in a society that doesn't seem to understand it. If you're in your Bibles, I need you for sure in Deuteronomy 30, but make, try to get to Luke chapter 13. And, and I want you to grab what's happening here. What are the four levels we're talking about? Level one is a level of exploration. When I'm at this level, I'm exploring about God. Now, lots of people don't care to even explore. They don't care to even look. But, but this is a level where uh, a lot of things could be happening. I might not believe there's a God, but I'm willing to check it out. Uh, I might believe there's a God, but I'm not sure what religion's correct. There's so many out there, and, 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 and you know, maybe I'll just kind of pick and choose what I believe and put it all together, and I'll come up with the right answer. Uh, but I'm going to explore, and I'm going to check. Now, you ready for this? I might believe the God of the Bible is true. I might believe that Jesus is a son. I might believe that the Bible is true. But I've never done anything more than just come to a head intellectual knowledge of that. And, and a lot of people are just exploring. And here's what I want you to understand. Lots of people, lots of people go to church every single week and they never leave the exploring phase. They've never checked in the next, they've never moved to the next level. And if you say, do you believe in God? They go, yeah, I believe in God. I even go to church. But, but you know what? I got to tell you that, that, that if you think that's all there is, you don't get it. You just don't get it. Because what's the second level? It's called conversion. 
Uh, I moved to this level when I realized that Jesus really was the Son of God and he really did die for my sins. And he, he, and my, I do have sin in my life and I, I need a Savior and I want him to be Lord and I want to live my life according to what he wants and not what I want. And I'm willing to move to this level and I say, God, change me. God, I need you and I can't do anything about it. I need you to do it for me. And the Holy Spirit enters me and God begins to mold and change me and I start into a conversion process and it's a lifelong process of God molding Christ-likeness and godliness in me or you and love and care and my spiritual gifting and, and it's this amazing time where I go into this conversion experience with God. Now, now what I want you to understand is not very many people reach that level. Not very many people meet, reach that level. You see, here's why this is important. There's a false teaching or theology in the United States today that acts like every single person in the United States or in the world is saved. I bump into people all the time, and, and usually it's a funeral setting, and, and we'll be real concerned about where they were with God when they died. We're not trying to judge them. We just didn't see fruit. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. We can't say with the surety they had this salvation experience because we didn't see it lived out. And they'll look at me and they'll go, oh, but they believed in God. Well, James, the brother of Jesus, told us something. The devil believes in God. The demons believe in God. Matter of fact, James said the devil believes in God and trembles. There's lots of people out here who believe in God and they never tremble before him. Believing in God is not it. And, and we've got this attitude, oh, no, no, no. You know, everybody somehow goes. Well, I want to tell you that's not the truth. And Jesus warned us about that. Luke 13, verse 23 says this. And someone said to him, to Jesus, Lord, are there just a few being saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and not be able. Did you hear that last part? Jesus said, not only are only a few going to be saved and not many, only the few, but there are many people who are going to actually be making a step to try to get in that won't get in. Certainly those who don't try aren't getting in. And we need to understand Jesus is warning us about something here. It's not the many. It's not the majority. And yet most people in this country today function under a weird kind of, I don't know where they got it from, belief system that says, no, somehow God just loves everybody. He's going to take everybody. Well, I want to tell you God loves everybody. But no, Jesus said, you better make some effort. You better make sure you go in through that narrow door that very few people get through. You need to make sure something occurs. You see, we've taught a belief system in this country of a Christianity without conversion. Uh, they, can, they go, well, I believe, but no change happens. No conversion happens. No difference happens. And that's impossible when we're talking about the Holy Spirit entering somebody's life. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say in verse 25. He says, once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, Open to us, then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, but we ate and we drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, you evildoers. I don't know you. But Lord, we ate with you. I don't know you. Lord, I went to church every week. And God says, I don't know you. Do we know each other? You see, a lot of people don't get it. It's about intimacy. It's about intimacy. Not many are going to be saved. If your belief system has everybody being saved, then your belief system is the opposite belief system of Jesus. And it's not meant to be mean or cruel. I want you to grab God wants everybody to be saved. And by the way, let me stop here. Even in saying this, I'm getting a little uncomfortable because I think in this country, I hear people, and I think it's a cultural thing, where we act like, oh, Christianity is all about going to heaven. And I want to tell you, please don't miss this, it is not about going to heaven. Christianity is all about having a love relationship with Jesus Christ, and those people who have that go to heaven. It really is. If you think it's all about who gets to heaven, you miss the point. That's the benefit of the relationship. What it's about is knowing the Lord, and that's why Jesus said, I don't know who you are. You, you want in, but you, you, you never wanted to be together. You never wanted to dig in. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the way and broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who will enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. There are few who find it. 
Now, now clearly, I, what I'm trying to share today is, is, is something I want you to understand. God wants you to get it. God loves you. He cares about you. He's created you to live an amazing life, a life of intimacy. Remember that? He says he's intimate with those who choose into this, and we want you to be there. And level four living is about living at that level. Level one, I'm exploring about God. And by the way, next week, we'll dig into that, and the week after, pretty big. Ne- level two, I've experienced conversion in him, and now my life is changing, and, it's, and God's done something, and I see things different. And, and I, I really want to have this happen and I want to be different and I want life to be different and, and I want to grow and, and I want to get to know him better. And then, ready for this? Level three, I connect to God. I start connecting to him in deep ways. When I pray, I know he hears. Uh, when I pray, sometimes he talks to me and guides me. The word of God jumps off the page and, and, and changes me. When I worship, something takes me beyond myself. And I, I find these ways that I'm connecting with God in very clear, meaningful ways. But then level four, when you get up here, level four is amazing. This is the area of all-out commitment. Now, by the way, I want to say this. Don't miss this. When we talk about level four living, I'll get into this more in a minute. It's not this perfection life out here that none of you will get to or I won't get to. It's not about being perfect. You ready for this? It's not about being a mature Christian. Although if you're a mature Christian, it will help you to consistently stay here. Because you could find yourself going up and down. It's, it's not about perfection. It's not about knowledge. It's not about maturity. It's about heart. It's about in your heart saying, I love him with everything I have. I would do whatever he asked me to do. If Jesus said jump, I'd say, Lord, how high? And let the rapture happen when I'm going up. I mean, that's, that's what we'd say. And the reality is, is it's about, Lord, your will, not my will. And, and I want to live that way. And God, my greatest desire is to be who you want me to be and live the life you want me to live. George Barnett found out something scary, but I think we knew it. You ready for this? 45% of people in the United States today say they've had a born-again experience. They, they experience conversion. Only 7% say they practice their faith in a meaningful way. This gets really scary. And only 7% of the 45%. Very, very few people get it. Very, very few people are living it. Very, very few people have grasped on to this amazing, incredible, awesome life that God has for you. And far too many people are willing to sit in the seat and watch someone else be a Christian and live this life with God rather than going to be with Jesus and living the life with God. And my desire as we go through these months is I want to help you understand more and more in very practical ways how we get to live this out, the difference it makes in our life, and what can happen with it. Let me say this as clearly as I can. God wants this for everybody. There's nobody here he doesn't want this for. There's so, nobody that's not here he doesn't want it for. God wants you to experience life with him and life lived for him. He wants everybody to have it. And, and he, he wants you to come, but the problem is we choose not to. It's up to us. Everybody here can choose it. And, and it's up to us whether we want to experience it. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, Moses was told by God to set up a place called the Tent of the Meeting. It would later become the tabernacle and later turn into the temple. But the tent of the meeting was a place where anybody could go and pray to God. And listen to what it says in Exodus 33, verse 7. It says, now Moses used to take the tent of the meeting and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called it the tent of the meeting, and everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of the meeting, which was outside the camp. Now where I'm going with this is this. Anybody was welcome. Everyone who sought God, he said, I'll I'll be with you. And out of six million people, as far as we know for sure, and that may be more than this, but it wasn't a lot more, as far as we know for sure, only two people went, Moses and Joshua. God said to everybody, come meet with me. Everybody, I want you in the tent of the meeting. And while it was the tent of the meeting, as we know that Moses would go in, and it says people would gather around and watch, and they would even pray way out here. When God said, what are you doing out there? Come in here. No, I'd rather watch Moses worshiping it close to God. Joshua. Later on, it turned into the tabernacle, but when you study the tabernacle, and as we do our reading through Scripture, I kind of want to give you a quick warning. I know we get to, you know, parts of Exodus and Leviticus, you see these, these dimensions and drawings and feet and numbers, and you go, what does this matter? Well, let me tell you why it matters. It matters, number one, because God wanted the, the exact, the, the, the tabernacle to be built according to very exact specifications. But let me tell you number two, and I want you to hang on to this. God knew that while he wanted everybody to be close to him and intimate with him, not very many would. 
He built it as big as it needed to be. And when you read those dimensions and you realize it's for 6 million people, you ought to sit back and go, what's going on? What's going on? Why? 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 The outer court was 150 feet by 75 feet. And the outer court wasn't the place of the most intimate worship. That was a place you could stand and watch someone else worship. And you know what God is saying? I expect about 1,500 people at any one time to come and watch other people worship me and get close to me. I don't expect millions. I don't expect hundreds of thousands. I don't expect tens of thousands. I think about 1,500 people will probably really care enough to come be with me. Then he had in the center of the tabernacle the, the tent, which became the holy of holies and the holy place. And, and it was actually uh, 45 feet by 15 feet, and it was divided in two when you walked inside. And when you went inside, the holy place was 30 by 30. You know what that says? That at the most, at the most, God expected about 50 people to enter a 900-square-foot arena and to be able to worship him. It was open to everybody. Come in and be at the table of sobread and, and, and seek the, the provision of God. Come and stand before the, the light, the menorah stand that shined out and, and seek the spirit of God to empower and the light of God to guide you and give you great joy. And God says, come and experience this with me. And then there was the altar of incense where you could come and pray and, and God say, God, I want to hear your prayers. And God goes, come and talk with me. Come and let me provide for you. Come and let me pour my love into you. And about 50 people show up. I mean, think about that. God says, I want you all. You're all welcome, everybody who wants to be with me. And uh, are we seeing anything different in our day and time? The Holy of Holies is where you could enter the very presence of God. At the time of Moses, they put a, a veil, a curtain over it. It was 15 by 15 feet. Uh, maybe at the most, you know, 20 people could crowd in. But in the very beginning, no one was welcome. It was only for those who really purified themselves, only for those who were truly cleansed. And so God said, I can't have you in my presence that way. But then when Jesus came and he lived the life he lived and Jesus died on the cross, and while he was dying, the Bible says, he, his, his blood was being shed. And he took upon his body our sins, and his blood came out to say, now I want to cleanse you. And then it says that a distance away inside the temple, the veil that separated us from the very presence of God was ripped from top to bottom. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened there. Was it an angel that came down and ripped it? Was God just saying, go, tear apart? I want to tell you my opinion, total opinion. I think God reached down and said, now. And he ripped it apart and said, come be with me. Come live life with me. Come know me. You're cleansed. You're free. I love you. Who comes? Who does? And I think if we don't understand, that's what it means. We just don't get it. God wants you to experience an amazing life with him. And the question would be, where are we? Are we in the outer court watching other people live the Christian life, going watch them and get their prayers answered and them do ministry and them impact people for eternity and their lives matter and them have great relationships? Or, or are we in the midst of some of that happening? Or even better, are we experiencing that plus experience this amazing time with God? That's what God wants for you. He loves you. He cares about you. He desires it for you. And, and here's the most important thing about about today. This is the most important thing. Are you ready? It is attainable. It's not, we're not going to be painting a picture of like a level four husband up here that all the guys go, yeah, I could never be that. You know, all the wives go, great. No one, no, it's not about perfection. And you're going to see in a minute, it's anything about that. As a matter of fact, Deuteronomy chapter 30, look what God says about this kind of a lifestyle. And, and look what he says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 11. It says, for this commandment, which I command you today, is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It is not in heaven that you should say who will go to heaven for us to get it for us and to make us hear it that we may observe it. Nor is it beyond the sea that we may say that you should say who will cross the sea for us to get it for us that we may hear it and may observe it. But the word of God is very near you. This word is in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. He said, it's not so high, you can't grab it. It's not so far, you can't get it. God says, guess what? It's right in your heart. I gave you the ability, it's there. You can do this. You can live this. You can experience this. This could be you every day, every moment. And when you falter a little, you still can be here. Because it's not about perfection. It's not about, it's not about maturity. It's about heart. Do you want it? God says, do you want to live this life with me? And you know, you can move there very quickly and begin to live it in amazing ways. It's about an all-out commitment to God. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants with us. Uh, an example, there's lots of examples of level four people. Let me give you one, Isaiah. 
In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah is praying with God. He's so connected to God. He's caught up into heaven and he's in the very presence of God. He's experiencing the worship of heaven, the wonders of heaven, the colors of heaven, the sounds of heaven. And, and what does he do? He screams out, oh Lord God, I'm a man of unclean lips. And, and you know what? He was level four to the hilt at that moment. How do we know he was level four? Because later on, God would say, whom shall I send? And what did he say? Here I am, send me. But he knew about his problems. He knew about his failings. I want to tell you this. I think level four people are more aware of their inadequacies than anybody else. It's not about being perfect. When we're up here and we're close to God, we're like, oh, that's in me? Ooh, that attitude was there? Oh, and we don't put on a show. You know, I, 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 when, I, when I live close to God like I'm supposed to, I, I see the kind of husband I can be and I seek to be it, but I see when I mess up. I'm more aware than ever. And I'm like a Isaiah and say, Lord, I'm a man of. And he said, unclean lips. So you know what God said? Then take a coal and put it on his lips and purify him and let's send him on. And that's what God does with you in this. And when you become aware, see, being a level four, the best part of it is when you become aware of what needs to change, then God starts changing it. It's a dynamic lifestyle. It's an amazing lifestyle. And let me give you an example of what it would be. And, and, and we'll get into this more later. What's a, when we talk about marriage in this part of the, when we get a couple months from now. Uh, when I walk in the house and I see my wife Pam, I don't open the door and go, huh, I wonder what she's going to do for me today if I'm level four. I don't walk in and say, oh, did she dress the way I wanted her to dress? Did she cook the food I wanted her to cook? Did she clean the house the way I wanted to clean it? I don't walk in doing that. If I'm level four, I open the door and walk in and say, God, here I am today, and here's this woman you've given me as a gift, so how can I love her in your name? How can I encourage her? How, how can I boost her today? How can I make her feel special? God, how can I serve her? How can I help make sure that she's experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? How can I make her praise God that I'm here and not pray, God, why did you put him here? I, and, and how can I do that? You know, I, I don't walk in the door and open and go, woman, Chicken pot pie, now. You know, that's not what a level four husband does. And the husbands who do that probably wear the chicken pot pie. And uh, do, do you get where I'm going with this? It's not, and all of a sudden it comes about, Lord, I want to be in this commitment level, and, and, and that's why I'm here. And as I begin to work that through, and some of you might go, well, you know, you're just acting like if you do that, life will be great. Okay, let's stop. I'm not telling you life's always going to be great. I'm telling you at level four, you're going to have some trials. I'm telling you at level four, you're going to have some battles. I'm telling you at level four, you are going to have some victory, lots of victory, all victory, and joy. But nobody said the great life's easy. I'm telling you, you're going to live an amazing life with God. And there's times God's going to look at you and go, oh, you're ready. Send them into war. And you're going to go, why am I going to war? And God goes, because you're ready. <laughs> no, I'm not, God. Yes, you are. And, uh, and, and it's going to be an amazing life, but it's a life lived with God. And it is attainable. We're not going to put this picture out here, you can't live. We're going to show in very practical ways what God's word teaches about living now, today, in your skin, in your shoes, in your workplace, in your house, because that's what God wants to do. But don't miss this. He wants to do it with you. It's not so far away you can't attain it. It's in your heart. It's the very words of your mouth. It's so near your mouth, you know what it takes to get there? You ready? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you say it and mean it, you're there. Yes, Lord. You've given me a spiritual gift, I'll use it. Yes, Lord. You give me awesome kids, I'll parent them correctly. With everything I have. Yes, Lord. I got a job, I'm not gonna work to please men, I'm gonna work to please you. Yes, Lord. I see somebody in need, I'm gonna stop and love them. Yes, Lord. See, that's the key. The word's so easy. Everybody here can say it, right? And you can all say it with meaning and actually begin to experience it. And so can I. Look back at Deuteronomy 30, verse 9. It says this. Moses talked about what would happen if we live this life. Look at this. He goes, look what this life will be like. Then the Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand, in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your cattle, in the produce of the ground. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good just as he rejoiced over your fathers, if, did you see that? If you obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law. If you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Now quickly, I want you to know we're not going to get into a works-oriented theology. What we are going to say though is something that is credibly, incredibly biblical. God's love, grace, and mercy to you are unconditional. 
But are you ready for this? His blessings are very conditional. Now, you need to grab that. that that's the teaching of Scripture. God is, God, God, and this grabbed somebody last hour, and they were talking with me about it. Do you realize that God loves you and cares about you, but he will never, ever enter into a dysfunctional relationship with you? Where you use him? Or you, one minute run over, I want to be yours, run it and live this lifestyle that's totally in rebellion? God, God, God is God, and he doesn't get sucked down into that. I know that, I'm going to confess this, I've been sucked into dysfunctional relationships before, and I hate it. And by the way, the quick caveat, the guy asked me, are we as believers supposed to be in those kind of relationships? Here's the answer, no. And we're certainly not supposed to be codependent with them, and God is not codependent. He's not going to bless your, your sin or my sin. He doesn't do that. And you want to be a level four, you've got to be all out committed. And, and even if you mess up, even, but you're saying, God, my heart's here. I want to do the right thing. And he'll help you through it. But he says, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you if you obey my commands. And we need to grab that. Jesus looked at a group of people and said, why do you even call me Lord? And you won't do what I say. Uh, and he began to warn, enter that narrow gate. Be that kind of person you're meant to be. Look down at Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Moses is at the very end, and if you don't know this, the book, the word Deuteronomy means to say it again, to repeat it again. Moses is close to death. He's going to do a, just a few short sermons, and, and then he's going to die. And so if you read uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, you're going to find Deuteronomy repeating a lot of it because he's saying it again. And he's summing it up. And, and now he's calling the people. He's, he's so close to death that, that he, he knows that they don't. And he says, I've got to get them to understand something. So listen to the words of a man who's literally on the verge of stepping out of this life into eternity. What can he say to them? He says this in verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose Grab that. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land the Lord your swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them. And by the way, for all of us who are living in our day and time, this is for the children of Abraham by faith which Romans talks about, this promise. So choose life. Choose to be with him. Choose to love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. Let him be, as we said, the air we breathe, the love we need. Everything, always, let him be that for you. And when you do, he's going to draw you so close and take you to a level of experience and love and intimacy that is so incredible. And you're going to sit back and go, this is what I always thought life should be like, and you'll be right. You'll be right. You won't be missing out. You'll be living the life you were meant to live and being the person you're meant to be. The question today is, where are you at? Are you here today and you're exploring this? Well, now we'd love having you. We'd love to help you explore some more. But maybe it's time for the exploring to end. Maybe it's time for you to say, that's it. I, I'm ready for conversion. I'm ready to say yes to God. I'm ready to say, I want to be yours completely. How do you enter this? You need to say a prayer. You need to tell God it. Remember the word is in your very mouth is what we just read. And what we're going to do in a minute, we're going to go to a time of prayer and I'm going to lead the prayer that today if you would choose to commit your life to Christ, you can pray with me. And I'm going to ask you to pray it right where you're sitting. Just to whisper the words, I, I love, Lord, I know you love me. And Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me, and I want what that means, and, and I want to be who you meant me to be. I, and now, just saying words doesn't do anything. It's saying it with meaning. But when you say it with meaning, power is incredible. And so today, if you need to move from this place here to enter into the conversion stage where the relationship with God begins, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. By the way, there's some of you today who, who you already did this, and you started through this part of the phase, but somehow you've drifted back. Maybe you got involved in some things you shouldn't. Maybe you've done some things that God never wanted you to do. And let me tell you how God feels about you. He couldn't love you more than he does. He couldn't care about you more than he wants you back. Maybe you just started drifting. Maybe, you know what Jesus said? One thing that draws us away from him more than almost anything else is the worries of life. Maybe the circumstances we're in right now are so heavy on you, it's caused you to lose the intimacy with God. And maybe you used to be here, but you found you're not anymore. Well, what are you supposed to do? Jesus said this. He goes, remember from where you've fallen? Turn around. Do what you did at first. What did you do at first? You pray that prayer. It says, and, and, and start doing again those things that you know are right. It's not to become a Christian again, but it's to say to him, I want that first love back. 
I want to recommit myself. So if you need to do that today, when we go to this prayer time, I'm going to ask you right where you're sitting to whisper that prayer with me. So today, if you need to commit your life to Christ or recommit in a moment, I want to ask you, would you be willing to whisper a prayer with me telling God you want this? Let's pray. Father, I know that you want every single person who's a part of your church and even especially this church family to be at that level four. Commitment level, life level, living level. And my prayer is we would be. This church is filled with an amazing number of people who are already there. And Lord, they would just in a moment say yes to you. But I pray we're going to see lust God be your church and live for you and bless you and love you. And I pray, God, that we're going to all want to experience intimacy with you. And I pray today, Father, I ask this. I pray your Holy Spirit would come in this room. Lord, would you fill this room now and would you reach out and touch the people who need to commit their life to you or recommit? I pray, God, that you would stir upon the hearts of men today who need to say yes. I pray you would touch women today who need, Lord, to say yes and some to come back. I pray for guys and girls, so this is their time. And Lord, I pray that they would know how much you love them and how much you want them, and they would know this is the time, this is the moment, this is the changing time for them for all eternity. So please, God, stir and touch and draw today. I want to ask that we keep praying. And right now, if you're right with God, would you pray for anyone who needs to make this decision? But today I'm going to lead that prayer. I'll whisper a line, let you pray it with me. But I'd like to ask this. Today, if you would pray that prayer with me to commit or recommit your life to Christ, would you let me know you're going to do it by lifting your hand in the air and looking at me and then you can put it down. Praise God for you and for you and for you. Praise the Lord for each one of you. For you over here, right here. Praise God for you. And there and back there and back there. Right, oh, praise God for each one of you. Way, way up there, praise God for you. And right here, praise the Lord for you, man. Oh, that is so awesome. And for you right here. Wow, it's a big room, so give me a chance to see you. I really want to know. Praise the Lord for you right here and up there. Wow. And over here in the center, each one of you and way back and right here. Man, praise God. The reason I'm asking you to lift your hands, it helps me to know who's doing this. Praise God for you too. Wow. And right here for you and up here for you. Wow, all over. All of you who God's stirring and touching, he knows you way, way up there. Praise God for you. He knows you, he loves you, and for you, praise God, he cares about you. And right here for you too, praise the Lord. And right here, praise God, man, that's awesome. What I'm gonna ask you to do, all of you who God touched, just whisper this prayer with me, say these words, praise the Lord, man. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me, and I know you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins, to heal me of my hurts, to cleanse me completely to make me alive, to make me new, and to make me yours. And I say yes. I want this. And I want you. So I open my heart to you. Please fill me with your love and fill me with your spirit and help me be who you have always created me to be and to live the life that you have for me to live. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Wow, praise God for all of you who prayed that prayer. Praise the Lord. Man, seriously, praise God. Wow. Today, if you pray that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something. Let me tell you what I'm going to ask you to do, and then I'll tell you why I want you to do it. Today, if you prayed that prayer to commit or recommit your life to Christ, when we stand to sing, I'm going to ask you to make your way to an aisle, no matter where you're at, even way up there, make your way to the stairways. Come down here and let me meet you for a second. Then we're going to have you go in this room we call our living room. And uh, we want to give you a Bible, a New American Standard Bible we use to teach from. We want to give you some other materials to help you take some intentional steps in growing with Christ. But, but that's what we want you to do. Let me tell you why. God, it, when we talked about that tabernacle, the tabernacle was a place people would come to and say, I had a private moment with God and now I want to declare it publicly. And God had lots of places for that to happen because he knows when you have those private times with him, when you make it public, it deepens your connection to him. 
It, it, it creates a, a stronger, it cements in what you just happened. And we're not doing this to embarrass you, but we've learned and, and seen personally and watched it scripturally in the Bible. It teaches that when people step out like this, it, it takes you to another level of commitment with him. So I know it might be scary, but today if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that you step out and come. You can grab someone and look, say, look, I made a decision, come with me, but please, please come. And, and we want to be able to share with you back here. Also, if you've never been baptized into Christ by your choice, in a conscious worship experience with him that you chose to do, that's what the Bible teaches baptism is. If you've never done that, we also want to invite you to come and set a time to do it. But most of all, if you prayed that prayer today, please come. Let's stand together. God touched you. Please come. seated. Uh, if for some reason you saw, uh, God was tugging on you and you didn't make it, go ahead right now and, and during communion slip over here. Uh, before Cody comes, let me give you a heads up for next week and the week after. Uh, we're going to dig into exploring in two weeks, maybe three, but next week especially and the week after. If you have some friends or family members who do not know Christ, please bring them. And for all of us who are Christians, I'm going to give you some things you can share with other people to help them move from exploring to conversion. But I think we're going to say some things very, very meaningful, and, and this will give you a chance. So uh, during communion today, even pray about who you could bring and, and pray that they'll come. And I think next week, honestly, I think it's going to be, I think you're going to be excited about what we share in an amazing way. So anyway, let's welcome Cody right now. That was amazing. I, I saw the first thing, uh, the, the same thing in first service. It's blowing my mind what God's doing here. But you know, every week we come to communion. Every week we, we remember. Every week we, we pray and we thank God for, for the sacrifice.